people are lonelier and more disconnected. People are not getting the connection that they're looking for. We are busy a lot or we're around people at work all day. And so when we come home at night, we don't want to be around people. They're lonely, like legit, just like the article talks about. All those things are disconnected. They don't have that thing. And it's a funny twist. By creating a community, that sometimes is the fuel of connection that they need. What we're finding today that people are closest to the people outside of their family members. And so introducing them to other people in, you know, other departments or other areas and helping them to see like, hey, you don't just work in the accounting department. Okay, it's like we are one whole place. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures. Share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your host on the West Coast, where we haven't seen the sun for days, or even this year. <laughs> but today on the podcast, oh yeah, my name is Mitch Simon. Today on the podcast, we have Jackie and Three Carpenter, the famous Jackie and Three Carpenter, who have helped some of the most historic and respected country clubs become profitable and have enriched the lives of hundreds of coworkers through the process. Jackie and three are authors of, behind their head, if you're watching people this. First. People first. That's F1RST, very non-conventional humans, the five steps to pure human connection in a thriving organization, which offers a five-step process for implementing a people-first philosophy in your organization where caring, connected leaders create loyalty, ownership, value and excellence got that right hello jackie and three how are you hi good Mitch, nice to see you thank you for doing this oh yeah yeah i just made that all up so um jackie and three uh just country clubs how did you get into country clubs because that, that, that's some very those are some people that have some opinions about things right you know it's a true story and jackie and i both uh were really blessed of how it kind of worked out for me I grew up really, really close to my little hometown country club. I was about 50 yards away. So I spent all kinds of time as a kid playing golf and swimming and doing things around the club. And then ultimately started working there as a kid in the golf shop. And that really led to my career for Jackie. She was getting her undergrad in hospitality at Iowa State University and on kind of a whim, uh, tried out the club industry a little bit and it really blew up for her and had this unbelievable internship at Cordillera and Vale, and then moved to clubs, really extraordinary clubs all around the country. So we were both very fortunate. Vale, the club. Wow. So <laughs> the Vale, the club, that's, that's a club. That's a nice club. Um, so you, did you two meet while you were clubbing? Is that what's going on here? Clubbing, yes. Now we do want to clarify because this <laughs> is a confusion that happens a lot. So when we say clubs, we don't mean nightclubs. We mean yes. country clubs, golf like clubs, city clubs. Yes, like a yacht club, those kinds Ew. of things. Okay. However, the answer is kind of yes. yes. So we had, uh, we met uh, really through the kind of academic side and then had the opportunity to meet through conferences and then work together on a couple of different occasions. 
you know, and really, really found that we had a lot of philosophies that were the same, even though operationally we functioned differently, but kind of on the same principles. And we are married, just to clarify. So Mitch, sometimes we answer each other's questions or, you know, finish each other's sentences, things like that. So. Great. And then I, I just have to ask Jackie, so um, did you date one, two, and then you chose three? So help, help <laughs> yes. us understand, yes. un- understand the, the name because it's, you know, it's the first three we have on the program. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite part. So I have to tell you, honestly, the real really great gift that I received from my parents was that at the day of my birth, even though I have a legal name that says Fred Carpenter III, my parents called me three from day one, and it has been a wild differentiator for me defined you it really has and uh it's been such a fun gift because much like you just said mitch very few people have met anyone named three that's that's true that's cool and you want to know the history of my name i do (laughs) jackie Jackie carpenter jackie is so the first jackie we've had on the program i think thank you actually um i am going to be hosting oh I'm going to be hosting a a keynote for um, for the Rocky Mountain schedulers. It's so the the people that schedule um, all of the the oil and gas that goes through the Rocky Mountains, and we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. This is in a in two weeks, and the game is you know where does your name come from? So Jackie, where does where does your name come from? Oh, fun. Well, um, my parents actually had a babysitter, like a. Um, it was like a friend of a friend who babysat my sister, who's older than me, um, and her name was Jacqueline. And they really liked it, but they liked Jackie better. So I'm just Jackie. I'm not Jacqueline because uh, they didn't want to deal with like all the different spellings of Jacqueline. True. The Q's and the so C's and yeah, and the French exactly. things and that. All right. Let's get to the matter exactly. here. Um, I, it seems like a hundred years ago, but it was only just like a month ago. Um, I contacted you after um, I saw an article on loneliness and I read uh, the article and it's kind of one of the things that's going on, especially in hybrid and virtual and, and just in general in the country right now in the world. And I wanted to ask, um, what are you finding out there in the area of loneliness with um, the people that you work with? And why is it so important right now for companies to say, hey, this is my issue as a company, not your issue as an employee. So if you can kind of highlight what your thoughts are there. So in May, Mitch, um, what sparked this article, kind of a little backstory here. uh, In May, the Surgeon General declared loneliness an epidemic. And that kind of makes you want to laugh at first. And then it's really sad because obviously loneliness is an issue. And we think it really stems from, and they mentioned this, um, the Surgeon General mentions this in his article, but that, you know, over, I don't know, 10 years, whatever, tech has really been pulling people away from each other, right? People would much more rather text than talk, or we'd much more rather send an email or message somebody in our office than get up and walk to their desk and talk to them. Um, It's just become really comfortable. And then we believe too, just like the level of distraction, Uh, everybody's always looking at their phones or checking their phones, and it's hard to like have a deep conversation with someone, you know, or really be in that moment, I think more. Um, and then obviously the pandemic exasperated all those issues. Now people are working from home. You know, we were trained for years to stay away from people. We joke, like you don't ever have to leave your house if you don't want to, like DoorDash, 
delivery, all the things. Amazon should be here at least twice. Yeah, like Amazon, everything comes to your door. You don't have to leave. Um, and so what's really happened is people are not getting the connection that they're looking for. And um, it's, it's, it's also something I think too, this happens for us in the hospitality business is we are busy a lot or we're around people at work all day. And so when we come home at night, we don't want to be around people, which then sort of exasperates it even more where people are lonelier and more disconnected. So today people are seeking the opportunity to connect people, to build relationships, because those things aren't really happening in our regular lives. Do you want to kind of... Well, and, and to jump in, about two decades ago, very honestly, uh, we started really working on the principle that not everyone's life necessarily is rosy at home. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we would hear from people. And it's funny because, you know, in our industry, it's a very people touch kind of business, yeah. right? You know, it's people taking care of other folks. And it's funny. Some of those people that work in our example in the private club industry could be a rock star, right? I mean, it could be this unbelievable Big personality, um, personality fun. and they're just, yeah. and, and when they, when our, when our uh, customers see them, they're like, oh my gosh, look, there he is. And they want to talk and they're excited. Like whatever. a celebrity there, right? Right. Like almost like celebrity status. But then those people may go home and have a completely different life where maybe they don't matter as much, where maybe they're lonely, like legit, just like the article talks about. All those things are disconnected. They don't have that thing. And it's a funny, funny twist, which is the idea that we found and now, you know, we've really focused on this for a long time, that by creating a community where people are genuinely excited to be there, they're excited to be around one another. They have feel this, part of something. Yeah, yeah, they're connected. They have this loyalty to one another. That sometimes is the fuel of connection that they need mm -hmm. that genuinely makes their lives better, which is probably the opposite. Yeah. Of the way people thought of it 20 well, years ago. I, that's exactly like, I think, you know, business people were trained, like, we don't want to care about you outside of work. We only care about you when you're inside our four walls. And we believed that work was a thing you went and did. And then your real life was outside or like all the fun happened outside. You just came to work to get a paycheck. Right. And that has dramatically shifted over the last several years, for sure. The last few years is it's totally different. What we're finding today that people are closest to the people outside of their family members, people are closest to the people that they work with. That's really their only, their main source of connection and regular interaction with people. Well, in our industry, the hours are long, yeah. it's nights, it's weekends, yeah. you know, it's that whole thing. And I think there is something to be said for the amount of time people are standing sort of shoulder to shoulder with one another, fighting the battle at work and what that does to build camaraderie and really deep connection you guys are great i don't think you need me as a host you guys could just keep on going <laughs> we've uh, talked for a long time on this topic so <laughs> we probably better stop for air no <laughs> i want to do before i you know before i get into solutions um i want to i'd love to understand like you know an example of what you're seeing and and how you went in to help that situation before we get into questions because i've got great questions on you know just to dive in like is it the responsibility of the employer to take care of this stuff um, i'd love for you to just give an example of um you know golf club a or veil or um i don't know state of wyoming um just you know what what have what did you walk into one time 
and then what did you do and then what was the um what was the outcome you know uh probably the best example is uh when i went to dallas uh i was recruited in dallas texas to a great club there called dallas country club and you know very very old school and it was interesting because it was probably the most it was a huge club um very large membership um right in the center of the city, but also had a huge staff. So we had about 400 people on our on our staff. So it was a big group. And it was funny because there, the people from a cultural perspective were as broken as I have ever seen. Shortly before I had worked there, one of the uh, assistant chefs had taken a knife, a butcher knife, to another guy's throat in the hallway. Over The place a, you want to work, Over right? a drug deal. When we, when we started hiring some new people, uh, one of them was Jackie. We we had hired three younger females that came in in management roles right after I had gotten there, and we couldn't let them park out in the employee parking. We had to park them near the offices where we could watch them go to their car because culturally the staff was kind of in that much of a bad place. And it is interesting because by genuinely showing people that we care and really trying to work um, with people's personal and professional lives together. And just changing that culture over a very short period of time, I would say in nine months, mm -hmm. we had seen a dramatic difference. And by the 4th of July of that year, which would have been about 11 months, that's when the teams were rallying together, they were working together because they were so starving. And I mean, that's, that's honestly the word. So starving for that connection and that thing where they belong and that what they do yeah. mattered. It wasn't just a paycheck that maybe at the time wasn't even very good. It was more about, I want to belong. Yeah. And it kind of comes from a couple of different things. And maybe these are solutions, Mitch, maybe now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of bringing everybody together. Um, so what we found in this example, and this is pretty consistent in all the organizations that we see, is people become really departmentalized or really... Um, like they have their own little maybe click in their department and that's the only people that they know. And so introducing them to other people in you know, other departments or other areas and helping them to see like, Hey, you don't just work in the accounting department. Okay. Like we are one whole place. Like for it, in our example of our organization, our members don't join the golf course. Okay. They join the club and all, everybody has to work together in order to create a positive experience for those members. So it's really bringing people together. I thought you were going to say this. So three started a new job in November um, at a country club here in Minneapolis. And he did the, a really awesome thing that we always recommend organizations to do. Um, he had a, the first ever in the history, 100 years of the club. Saying, this is our hundredth anniversary. So it's the first time yeah. ever. The first time in 100 years, he had an all-staff meeting. So every single person that worked at the club came together for a two-hour meeting. In to... every single department so they could see each other's yeah. face. They could get to know one another. Right. So like the grounds crew got to meet the kitchen staff, right? And the housekeepers met the service staff. And like all everybody was brought together and everybody got the same message of like, hey, look around. Like this is what we get to create and we're all working together. Like we're all part of a team. And there's something really special about that to help people kind of um, like see the people they're working with, right? Otherwise it feels like, oh, I just show up and I sit at my desk and I do my thing and go home. But being part of that bigger picture is important. Wow, this is so funny. And so we'll see you in a hundred years for the next All Hands. Next one. the meeting. No, it is That's just so interesting. So great. So yeah, I'm hearing you. Um, you do a lot of stuff to create community. 
is is um is that so is is that the solution is creating a community and and if so what are what are the elements of of creating a community because it it is a you know it's a it's a fairly new word um it's it's even harder these days with creating community um when you know for instance um we were talking about how hard it is to get 100 people together who live in the same city obviously right um, and most of the companies out there now are, you know, separated by two, three, four, 12, 13 time zones. How do you, how do you create a community in this, you know, in this world where everyone is, is so far apart? Well, I think we work on it in a bunch of ways and, and there's a lot of foundational pieces to create those things. And some of it does start departmentally or in your example, by the groups and the areas that they're in, and then trying to do your very best using technology in this example to your and do things with Zoom and FaceTime and so forth to try and create more interaction where people are really getting to interact, spend time together and get to know one another. And even if it's a meeting, there ought to be times where you're talking about one another. You're talking about the things that matter to each of those people individually, not just trying to just knock out an agenda of these it's are the five things we've got to achieve. Yeah, it's, it can't be all business. I mean, that. I know you're there for business reasons, right? But people want to have the opportunity to share. So if it is something where you're in a virtual you know, meeting or whatever it might be, maybe it is people having the opportunity to share a little bit about what's going on with them or something they, exciting they did over the summer or whatever it might be and kind of creating those things where you're not just Mitch, uh, you know, in accounting, right? Like you're Mitch in accounting, but you live in San Diego and you love to do, you know, you're a surfer, whatever, like all these other areas so we really get to know you on a deeper level well and as a foundational all accountants here in san diego surf everybody knows that well obviously clearly obviously. but you know i think the other thing is it does start with the leadership not just yeah. the person in charge but for me when i start a new job i work quickly with our main my main reports to try and create these kind of cultural ideas and so that idea of leading by example which we've heard a million times is a true story though. When they realize that, in my example, me and and everyone that you know I work with really really closely, that we are all now of this sort of same belief that we care about you as an individual and we we appreciate what you're doing to make us better. There become some cultural things individually that create community as a group. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but if you really think about individually spending that time creating that it starts to bring the group together as it's entire yeah yeah and you know mitch i know we we want to talk about this uh, maybe on a bigger scale but um it's really today business leaders have to look at what they do is you're helping your employees at life that's right it can't just be about work because it, it you can't compartmentalize yourself i don't know who came up with this notion Back in the day and that like, if you're an employee, like we only want to care about you as an employee. Like we don't want to know what you do on the weekends. We don't want to know about Leave your personal life. life at home. Leave it at home. You come here and show up and do your, well, who can't, like if you're going through something outside, you know, uh, something personal, you've lost uh, a member of your family, you've been diagnosed with cancer, whatever, you can't leave that at home. I'm sorry, but that comes with you to work and people can just be more successful. We can be more supportive. People are more loyal 
when they know the people around them, understand that, recognize that, they care about them. And it is this sort of relationship, right? Now, we have to be careful about that word because when we say we want people to have relationships at work, we don't mean necessarily romantic relationships. <laughs> and we don't mean that everyone has to be best friends. Okay, like we're not naive enough to believe that. But it's kindness, it's respect. That's exactly. You're not gonna... It's an understanding and appreciation of yes. the other. Right. It is a respect. It is a kindness. It's a, you know, I'm going to treat you well and you're going to treat me well. And it's not, you know, I think we hear horror stories sometimes about, you know, the jerk down the hall or whatever, and nobody talks to them because can't stand them. But we don't, we don't tolerate that, right? And that has to just sort of be um, maybe a practice or a standard that companies say like, hey, we treat everybody with respect here. You know, again, you don't have to be best friends, but we do have to be respectful and kind and considerate, right? Hey, we're taking a quick break to remind you to support our podcast by hitting the subscribe button and leaving us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us continue to bring you more engaging and thought-provoking content for leadership and remote work. Yeah, so I want to I want to dig deeper into a couple of these notions. And again, remember we're we're starting with loneliness. We're starting with loneliness as kind of the key topic here. Um, so you're you're helping your employees at life is is what you shared, Jackie, and. I want to know, really, is that, I mean, wait a minute, I'm running a company, if I am running a company, right? And we're here to make a profit. And um, I pay my employees very well. And I maybe give them good benefits. And now you're telling me I have to help my employee with this thing called life. I didn't go to life school. You know, I didn't, you know, who are you to say this? And and um, and this is maybe confronting to a lot of leaders because, well, one, even if they want to do it, they don't know how to do it or don't have time for it. So help me understand how to wrap my head around this. You want to start? Yeah. So, you know, two parts. So on the time thing, because we all deal with that, and there's no question that's an issue. It's about prioritizing this because if you want to think about early adapters in any industry, and you can name them, right? You think about the apples of the world, the Amazons of the world, whatever it is. You think about the things they did that were different. What if the company that comes out of COVID, no matter what industry, first starts to say, wait a minute, COVID changed everything. And all of a sudden now the employee thing matters because that employee relationship has changed. And if you're one of those early adapters, I think it makes your company more successful. So I will argue from a priority perspective, that's kind of an easy one. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other thing I would say is that when you find a way to help people be successful as people, and yes, they're going to be more successful at work. So that benefits you, that benefits your bottom line, that benefits your customer. But if those people are thriving in their lives, the energy they bring, the happiness they bring, the more they want to be at work, the more things they're going to give. Creativity. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, each yeah. one of everybody, think about it, the way you feel. Mm -hmm. Like when you're thriving, like the energy that comes from that. Contagious. Well, it's unbelievable. And so when that happens, like those are the businesses people want to be around. Mm -hmm. And so there is no question, Mitch, and you're right. This is a foreign concept to the vast majority of leaders uh, in businesses uh, you know, around our country. I think that the reality is we've got to find some ways 
to dig in on these very simple, it's, it's the it's stuff. simple too. Like, that's it. Simple stuff. <laughs> well, you know, mom and dad told us when we were little kids, it's sort of the, the gold rule. I right? do unto others as you sure. do it done to you. And, and, you know, treating people well and being kind and, and all that stuff that we learned as kids. God, what if we just transferred that whole thing into work every day? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't we be off on the right foot? Yeah. And it meant we say we are all about making things simple because we just believe everybody overcomplicates everything. So we're all about making this simple. So is it really a, a, an employer or a, a business leader's goal and mission? No. Should it be? Yeah. Because if you have happier employees, they're more connected at work, they're thriving, they're giving more, guess what? Your organization is going to be better off because of it. And your employees are going to be more loyal. Everybody's starving for employees today. Like everyone's trying to figure out like what's the thing to keep our employees, to retain them, to keep them happy. This, no one's going to quit an organization uh, where their friends are, right? Where they mm. feel connected, where they feel happy, where they feel rewarded and valued. They're not going to go quit for a dollar more down the street because of that, right? So it really just takes some intention and prioritizing that and recognizing the importance of that, not only for your employees, but also for your business. I mean, we just think it makes good It has sense, some very right? good self-serving yes. um, results. Right. It's a byproduct of it when you have that focus. And so what does that look like, right? You want to get into solutions? Sure. Let's solution? bring it on. Bring it. So- what does that really look like, right? Like, I, three's the visionary, I'm the checklist. Like, let's get it done. Yeah, right? let's get so it what done. Do we gotta... Come on, Jackie. So, let's reset so what really on Jackie. Like? Well, so again, when you bring in new people or helping your employees know one another, right? Introducing people to each other, finding ways to bring departments together or the entire organization together. We already talked about that. Um, another thing that's really important is creating um, spaces within your organization that are like, like around, you know, the water cooler, right? I know nobody has a water cooler anymore, but there, there was something special about the water cooler moments of people having a place to go and chit chat for a few minutes or catch up or tell a joke or laugh about what's going on, you know, and a lot of places are getting really smart by creating lounges or, you know, ping pong tables or an outdoor patio where people can go and hang you know, and chit chat or especially at lunch. Go ahead. We well, I was just going to say, here's a, a real easy national example. Everyone will agree, no matter how miserable the airline industry is by its nature, sometimes of the experience can be really tough. Southwest Airlines has always kind of owned a fun kind of employee thing. Jackie and I got unbelievable behind the scenes opportunities to be inside Southwest Airlines in Dallas at Love Field. And I got to tell you something. We're, we're walking with kind of their head. They don't call it HR there. It's something real cool. But, but, cooler name. but anyway, we're walking with a guy named Dave Ridley, and we're walking down the hallway. And they don't have pictures of airplanes. They don't have pictures of, you know, their stock exchange numbers or any of that stuff. They have these wild collages. And they're everywhere. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and every one of those collages are pictures of your family, the your class reunion I went to. Here's my dog, yes. and it's everybody. And you're supposed to just keep putting your pictures up. And they've created these spaces and these again, even the hallways where they want to be standing there, going, "Hey, did you see my kid here on the baseball diamond? What he did?" Like a celebration of our employees and who they are, right? And so, any way we can kind of bring that yeah. together, bring those things in. 
Um, another thing companies can do, Mitch, is encourage collaboration. So maybe they partner different people up to work on a project where maybe it would be a project that you're supposed to, like normally you'd have one or two people or you and your supervisor would figure it out. What if there was opportunities to kind of gain some different perspective and really include other people in that, but create some ways for people to get to know each other and collaborate, right? And that one virtually, I think, can sometimes be kind of attractive. Um, and then, you know, mentoring is huge. And we are big proponents of age does not matter. Well, in both directions. Exactly. Meaning you might take a brand new employee and somebody who's worked there 40 years and, and partner them together. And everyone's going to see that as the older person's mentoring the new person. I could argue all day the other way around. that it's it, at least the other way around, if not somewhat equal, where they're learning culture and they're learning things from the, that particular industry they may not know. But then on the new side, they may be learning all kinds of things this person may not right. know. And that perspective of those people coming together is really powerful. And maybe a, an updated phrase is really partnership, right? Like not necessarily mentor, maybe mentoring, you know, coaching, whatever, but more like creating partners or team mentoring, you know, partnership. mentoring partnerships. Uh, we just made that up on the why. Oh, wow. Great partnerships. So, so what, what, um, you know, if we started talking about loneliness, it seems like loneliness, they say that, um, that it's, you know, it's, it's almost the canary in the coal mine. So, um, loneliness, a lot of it stems from uh, people not belonging, right? They don't feel that sense of a belonging. So I think what I'm hearing from you is, you know, uh, Jackie, you said it can't be all business. I would almost say that uh, creating a sense of belonging is business. Very, you know, ending yeah. loneliness for your employees is business. Um, the you powerful, know, yeah. These these are these are life things. Um, you could call them individual life things. The thing is, is if you're a CEO, if you're a team leader and you want to, you know, achieve results, which is really what you are here to do, then part of achieving results is helping people belong and, uh, and community, building community. You know, that's really um, what's mo most important if you want to hit your business results. And, and I do think that for some reason, um, you know, with the last hundred years, we pulled that connection apart and now we're basically seeing it come together and if you're not on that train you won't have a train so that's kind of kind of it and so i'm sure all of this is in your book people first is that correct most um, not the loneliness epidemic part because that was may but we address all of those topics yeah in our book so tell us about tell us about your book and then let us know where we can find people first. Absolutely. Well, People First is available anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, audio books are available as well. Um, and uh, we wrote the book, Mitch, because we always believe putting your employees first and kind of seeing them as human beings versus tools to build a profit was a a smart business move, right? And a way to, way to do that. We saw the positive rewards, um, but where once it was. Uh, kind of the competitive edge. Uh, now it is a necessity. There, it's not necessarily competitive. It's the only we believe the only way you're going to have well a foundational approach to get all the other things you care about. Right. Exactly. And so the book just kind of walks through all the phases of the employee life cycle, which is you know retention, hiring, onboarding, um, recognition, um, recruiting, all of the things to kind of get people and and helping them it's just really a shift in perspective right and helping people see how they can um, create this kind of culture but also why it makes great business sense that's great well thank you so and then how can people get a hold of you three and jackie well 
Google three. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Google so, three. Yeah, exactly. So threeandjackie.com is our website. Three is spelled out because that's his name. Uh, so threeandjackie.com. And uh, we're on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, and Threads. So find Threads. Yeah, wow. Three. Guys are so cool. Jackie's super trendy. Super cool. Well, great. This has been a pleasure. You two are so cute and so knowledgeable. Um, and uh, so I'm sure for those of our listeners who are at country clubs all day long, like Vale, um, you probably have been impacted by Jackie and Three. So <laughs> if thank you so much, Jackie and Three. If you've loved this episode, which I have, please share this episode with your friends, your family, your colleagues. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of Team Anywhere. Before we sign off for today, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your support helps us grow. And by subscribing, you'll be the first to know when our exciting next episode is available.